Hey, Sergio. Hi. My name is Morris, and this is episode three of Harajuku Data Lake. So last week, we talked a little bit about jobs and work, and we actually got really good feedback on that episode. Of course, I think the reason we might have gotten really good feedback is because everybody that listened was somebody that knows us well. So we'll see what things look like when the episode goes out into the real world. We also have an official website online now at、uh, hjdl.space. And、uh, we'll be adding our podcast to the iTunes store shortly. So that's very exciting. So, this week we're going to be talking about Docker. And Docker is a technology that my previous company was very excited about, my current company is very excited about,、uh, pretty much the entire IT world is very excited about. So, I wanted to start with sort of the basics of what it is and go into why it's so important. So, Sergio,、Hi. how would you describe Docker? Well, first of all, I will say that my previous companies, they, they were also very excited about this. In, in my previous company, for example, I used to manage and I create a Docker,、uh, deployment. And I remember one of the even previous companies, they later they used Docker for making a huge deploy of applications online. So the truth is that, yeah, yeah I think we have both of us a bit, a little bit of experience, no, with this. Uh, well, a tiny bit of experience. I mean, My most direct experience before I came to my current company was that I、um, was running、uh, WordPress for a little more than a year with Docker.、Um, actually, I'll use that as sort of a jumping in for what Docker is. So, what I was doing there is so, WordPress is this blogging application that it's, it's been around forever. It powers something like a third of the internet, but it's also widely known to、uh, have fairly frequent security vulnerabilities. So,、mm-hmm. it's, it's a piece of software. It's written in PHP and it absolutely requires running on MySQL.、Uh, it can't、yeah. be run on other databases. And so, I was a little bit, you know, I wanted to start a blog and I wanted to start off with WordPress as sort of the easiest option, but I was also a little bit scared about actually installing WordPress on, on the VM that I was running my server on. So, what I ended up doing was I had uh, one uh, Docker. Container running WordPress. I had one Docker container running the MySQL server. And、uh, then I put、uh, Nginx as a reverse proxy in front of、um, the WordPress <clears throat> container. But I actually put,、uh, I didn't bother putting Nginx in a container because I,、uh, tr- <laughs> I trusted it a lot and I was kind of tired of setting up、uh, Docker containers at that point. <laughs> so. <laughs> Are we running right now our web page with Docker?、Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> the the How Did You Could Data Lake web page is、uh, actually it's a static site built with Hugo and、uh, it's just uploaded to Amazon S3. So if we actually do get incredibly popular, I'm going to have to rethink our hosting options because that might be kind of expensive.、Uh, but going back to my blog, what ended up happening was you know, I was running. I, I had these two Docker containers running with, set up with Docker Compose on this little Linux、uh, virtual machine、uh, on Sakura Internet. And what would happen is every few weeks, the,、um, well, every few days, every few weeks, the WordPress process、uh, running in Docker would stop. And、oh. so the WordPress container would stop, and then the site would go down.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would log back in <laughs> and I would manually.、Oh. Restart the Docker process. And <clears throat> it, was, it was kind of embarrassing because I think the uptime for that website over the previous year was something like, I don't know, like 75%. It was not like five nines at all. 
And I think that sort of, that was, and the reason that the containers were not getting automatically restarted was because given the specific version of CentOS that I had and the specific version of Docker that I was running, there wasn't a really good, simple way to have containers restarted automatically. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you that re- at least right now and in previous versions, maybe after 0.7, you have a, ver- um, a flag in Docker Compose that you can say always uh, restart or restart.always. So you can do this that happen to you automatically. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I remember that flag and I remember that flag was not working. And I remember mm-hmm. that it had something to do with something and something. <laughs> but I think it also st- speaks to the state of how far Docker has come in the past few years. Uh, sure. I think, you know, just a year ago or just two years ago, Docker was a much less mature project and it's really advanced really, really quickly. So, mm-hmm. uh, Sergio, what, let's just go back to like, what is Docker? Okay. I think that uh, at the end, Docker is, uh, is a container um, tool. So this, this, let's say product platform well it, it was uh, let's say let, let's start right this was a platform okay an open source project and the name of this project is docker with the lowercase but then a company they register docker with the uppercase so right now there this is a company this is called docker that is using the open source project that is docker so that's a amazing marketing <laughs> thing yeah, yeah, yeah. They did very well. This, this, that's why it's so popular, Docker. But it's because they are using an open source project, and this open source project at the end, I, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, this is a, a branch of another project that is LXC that they were using in Google. So yeah, the, the, this Docker is just a container. Container, okay? It's a container that means that you can um, you can create a same image. Okay, with some files, and you can reproduce them very easily. Uh, yeah, in, in the technical side, simple is, is that that idea. In the market, in the marketing side, as I said, uh, well, that's that's amazing what they prepare. And later, um, in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we touched briefly on uh, containerization there, and I think you know going back to what I was doing at the blog is that I, I had this virtual machine that's running on a host and the the virtual machine is being run by a hypervisor. So at Sakura Internet, they have some system and, you know, it might be KVM or some other uh, hypervisor system that lets uh, a bunch of different customers run their own virtual machines. And each of those mm-hmm. virtual machines will have their own kernel. And mm-hmm. then within that one virtual machine that was, you know, my virtual machine that I'm paying like, six dollars a month for i can run multiple containers that all use the same kernel and there's the uh so docker is running um it is making it easier to run containers within that virtual machine yes and th- those containers share the same kernel as the as the virtual machine exactly they after one version of kernel they introduced the ability of na- namespace that what is happening is he's 
copying in the memory the same kernel that you are using and this is isolated to the others that's why it's faster that the virtualization because you don't need to uh, have another layer but you are reusing the same memory okay but then you need a specific kernel and this is this is not happening well they are uh, simulating but this is not happening in mac or windows and that's why in a kernel a unix kernel this is possible and that's why the projects start only with linux unix environment systems yeah right yeah i mean uh docker is really dependent on linux containers so when you're running docker on mac or docker on windows uh you're running a virtual machine or you're running your own hypervisor which on mac might be like virtualbox and then within virtualbox uh you're running docker containers so that's right. and and i think that's there is some complexity there, which is something that a lot of people run into when they first set up Docker, because it's like, okay, I've got this Mac, I want to run containers on it, but then there's this kind of extra layer of VirtualBox, and there's there's a little bit of setup that has to be done there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the problem is well, not the problem, but one of the 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 weak points is that you need the kind of daemon to be running in your machine. No, so when you are starting deploying several machines, not only in your machine. You need to start first in that machine running Docker. And then this Docker is going to run the containers that you are using. So that's a point no? that in the virtualization you also have for even worse. Mm. Okay, so uh, we, we've talked a little bit about what Docker is. Uh, so what can you do with Docker? Well, uh, for example, in my previous company, we use a lot Docker for having like a kind of readme about the commands that you needed to start all the process. Uh, for the deployment, Docker was very a very initial version, so there were not as many options as right now. And we 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 use Bash for deploying. So we mm. were using uh, we created with a Bash what is well yeah with Bash all the uh, Docker demons in the different machines and then we just have a, a small script that was checking with Docker Compose. So this problem that you had, we were checking the machine was up or down. We were using a spot instance, so it was a bit like, mm -hmm. okay, when when something is gonna shut down, please start new machines and then um, turn off the, the process, the container that you are running right now. But but the main, the main goal that we were using is for having in a one place all the documentation, all the steps, that we needed for uh, for know what was happening. So you could read that and say, okay, I know what is happening in the company. I know how you run the test, how you build these steps. Everything is there. You don't need me. I am not imprescindible in the company. That's one of, of the main, goal, main goals. Yeah. So, so it sort of replaces that readme file. So instead of having the readme file that tells you that you know, to run the system, you need this database, and you need this this uh, application, and you need this cache, and you need this other thing. You have yeah. it. Everything is there within the Docker. Yeah, because in the in, using Docker Compose, you can have uh, the different service, so you know the the relationships. Okay, the the link that is created from the different machines. You can have the ports. You can have the volumes. Uh, right now, there is a networks. In that moment, it wasn't. Uh, and then, well, you can, yeah, you can say, okay, I only want to start this side of the, of the backend, no? In these microservices, uh, you, well, you have all the logs, uh, everybody in the company was able to reproduce the same, 
uh, environment. It knows about, oh, it's not working. No, no, it's working everywhere with the same steps. You can, for example, uh, frozen all the versioning. So you are using a version of this app, so you know that everybody is going to use exactly the same version. There is not going to happen that, okay, I'm running something and it doesn't work in my computer and I go to other place and it works. This doesn't happen. You only have to do compose. But I have to say that because the company was a small size, uh, we didn't deploy massively. We didn't use, for example, Swarp. Swarp is a tool that mm. is uh, when you have just machines and you just want to develop deploy in all of them in a very random way. Doc, uh, containers and this means that if one machine goes down he he this case uh, swarm client server he's gonna care about moving all the containers from one place to another one and because everything is serverless well stateless um stateless sorry stateless uh you can do this kind of procedure you can kill one machine start in another place that's fine that's why Docker hmm. is nice. It's also also important to say that uh, Docker he was a master image, so you have all the steps that is being uh, seen as a file. They are, mm -hmm. they are just files, and this one is idempotent. So it means that you, as I said, you kill one machine and you start from a new one, and this is gonna happen in the same way. He's gonna overwrite, and this should be. Um, this should be fine in your machines. Of course, it, it depends on you, okay? You have to apply, you have to create all the logic to be able to to start it important, but it allows you. Hmm. Okay, so I think you touched on a few different things there about uh, what makes Docker really important. And so it, it's sort of this infrastructure infrastructure as code concept. So mm -hmm. in a dev for a developer, you, can, you have this one file that defines everything, the entire infrastructure. And because it's just in one file and it's completely reproducible and it's checked into your version control, uh, you can you can run an instance of the entire infrastructure of your web app or whatever you're running. You can run a copy locally on the P on the PC you're using for development. That's exactly like what is going to be run in production. Yeah, well, it, it, this is a bit more complex because we are talking about Docker when you run just Docker build. So it means that you are building all the states. But if we use a repo that is called, uh, if I remember correctly, notary, in notary, uh, you have, you have what is a register, a registry. And in this registry, what you have is all the image. So in the moment that you do a Docker pull, you don't have to rebuild the image again. That's done. You only have to load that file because it's a binary file and you have to load in Docker. So it means that when you start a Docker container, this takes seconds so that, mm. that's 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 very interesting uh, if we compare to other tools uh that's that's the difference no the big difference is that you only have to download the file load the file that's over you build in another place you can use uh a continuous integration to test that image this container uh you can load for example uh, external tools in the moment that you create for testing mm. Well, you can do everything you want, mm. no? And in all the time, well, you have that as a process, so you know that every step is the same all the time. And if you want, you have other tools, as I mentioned right now, you can use Docker Compose for all the kind of building and to know the relationship. Uh, you can use um, Notary, that is the register, for having all the image. So once you build the image, you upload the image with a tag and a version. 
And third, you can use Swarm. This is a tool for deploying into a production level environment that everything is going to be automatically set. Mm. So, I mean, it really, it affects every part of the development and deployment and production infrastructure process. And that's kind of why it's so big. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's say, and let's be clear that one, this is very uh, nice for the developers. So this is very developer friendly. And second, um, uh, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, it's very difficult. Oh, yes, yes, I, I remember now. Uh, I, I remember that, it, as we said before, the use cases, uh, some of my friends, they used to have their own projects. So, for example, you have in, uh, Git, in, in GitHub, you have the projects with the Docker building. So they, they, for example, for security tools, you only have to do Git pull, you download that, okay, you use, and in the moment that you are not in that project, you can shut down that container, you can start another one, and if both of them, they are using the same port, you don't have conflicts between them. And that's that's amazing mm. for me. If you have your own computer, but you are in several projects because you are a freelance, uh, you have your personal projects and your company projects, you can have that environment. Not like, okay, r- right now I'm in the company, I start all the containers, and my computer is clean. I don't have to, I, mm. and I don't have, and I don't know if maybe my SQL is writing in another place that maybe can be overwritten by another application. No? So I think it's very interesting. And later we can talk a little bit about the security, but from my point of view, and right now with the last versions, they really uh, care about this site. But let's talk later. Well, I mean, since we're on that, <laughs> and since you do have a background in security, I, you know, I when I was running my WordPress instance, I sort of thought of it as a way of adding security so that, you know, if something terrible happened with WordPress or with MySQL, it wouldn't actually mess up the main Linux image. But at the same time, uh, there have been some questions about whether Docker is really providing the level of compartmentalization and security that people uh, are hoping that it provides. So, you know, some people have been saying that actually it's not as secure as people think it is, et cetera, et cetera. What, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, I think that it's not going to be worse than before. So if you use your own machine to run something and you use um, this the same but inside a container, I think this is not going to be worse. Well, the people, they could say, well, if you give per- privilege to access to the uh, to the socket and you can scale from there, from that container to other containers, of course, this is going to be worse. But uh, you can perfectly... Um, you can set that the user that is being used for in the container, he's going to be a normal user without root permissions. Uh, you can set that the container itself, he's going to be uh, without privilege to modify uh, the um, kernel calls. Okay, so... Uh, you can really isolate that. And if you maintain mm. the last version and you keep updated with the, uh, with, only with the normal fixes, there is not going to be a problem. And w- w- as we said before, uh, if you use tools like Swarm or other ones, okay, there are more, um, you can just, okay, I, n- I have a new version of Docker, so I deploy a new machine. You change what is the daemon of Docker, you upgrade to the last version, and you can move everything you had before to new machines or yes to, to to change dynamically you can shoot down a couple of them and you assert a new a two new new versions and you can progressively without changing any machine you can update everything to the last one and if you do something like that 
that can be done perfectly automatically. Okay, there are projects like uh, Mesosphere that they work mm -hmm. like this. Um, well, that, that that's better than before. Right now, it, it's a commodity. It's, it's something that um, that's out of the box. You don't really need a person who is there and he's modifying this, that. Well, I think it's evolution from my point of view. Mm. And talking about security, uh, the, 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 I, th I think the, the community, what I have listened from the Spanish people, is that they don't really like so much. They don't really trust. And they one of the complaints is that it's not enterprise level. They say that they, they mm. care a lot about the uh, developer uh, in experience, but they haven't thought about the real um, challenges. Uh, they, they prefer something like Chef, that um, it's able to modify, for example, the networking or other things. They agree. Mm. They agree that you need some kind of tool. No, there are other more 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 tools in the market that they let you to deployment. But um, from my point of view, and right now that we have uh, what is the versions, and every version has a hash, and this hash is a is a well, it's a fingerprint of your image. I think that it's pretty safe to say, okay, once that they release something. I know very well what I'm releasing, and if you mm. have all the process like the um, the continuous integration that you are uh, getting the code, you are preparing an artifact. This artifact you check with the test, you do kind of unit test, integration test. Uh, you you are sure because of course if if you are not sure that your continuous integration is is not safe, of course they can they can inject you whatever. But if you know that you can. You can push the image into the into the register and then pull that. It, I I think it's completely safe. I think that there the, there is fear, no? There is fear. The people they don't mm. really believe in this kind of new technologies. Everything is like wow, wow, wow. That's could change everything. Well, the the truth is that everything is changing right now. From this project appear, uh, the kernel of Linux, the new versions, they have been modified to be more friendly. Mac has been developing mm. uh, the new uh, file system for making it faster, more performance. They are doing in every version. They are doing improvements in this side. So I think that the the world of the computers is changing itself, moving in the direction that these big, huge companies, because mm. these companies has a lot of money, they they got huge investments. Um, they are tending, no? So these guys, they are talking and say, hey, please, can you modify this? Or, well, they are the same guys that they are really making a patch to the kernel to be more friendly. But, but yeah, yeah, everything is, is changing. And, and the security, they, for example, they, uh, maybe one year ago, they hired a couple guys that they came from, uh, amazing companies. I don't remember the names, but they, they came from amazing companies and they have been the headers of the security and, you can trust in that guys. They they really mm. explain everything, how they were improving, what's what are the problems? Because it's very important, no, to know what what is your weakness to then make the the, the fix. And and yeah, they they create a, amazing systems to to address all these problems. If later you as a DevOps you don't really care, you uh you do this like okay, just set the the default permissions. Well, maybe then you have a problem. Or, for example, in our case, in our company, uh, everything is static. So it means that you use Docker for deploying something for for an app, no? So it's the same like Heroku. At the end, I don't really know, mm. but probably Heroku is using something like Docker, no? Something like container process. But 
if you do something dynamic, dynamic, dynamically, for example, that you let to, to the people to use containers directly, so you can SSH to the container. Well, you have more, uh, more superficies superficies to to be vulnerable. No, so there are more vector attacks. That that's the that's the problem. I, I think that that was basically about the difference between uh, immutable architecture and uh, where, where like w- once a server is deployed, no one ever has the ability to log into it, and more traditional architecture where a server is a long-lived sort of thing, and multiple people have have uh, access to the server via SSH. Yeah, and uh, I think you also touched on like you know the only constant is change in our world and in the IT industry, and. That's sort of where some of the fear around uh, Docker comes from, because it is a big change, and it really does affect so many different parts of a developer's mm-hmm. uh, workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to, I think one of the things that uh, you have a lot to add on is the entire deployment process of a modern application. So, you know, where it starts with a developer working on a PC or something, uh, the code is in GitHub, there's a continue, you know, code gets checked in. Uh, there are pull requests. There's like con- their tests get run automatically. There's continuous integration. Uh, there's like staging. There's production. Um, codes get codes get rolled. Code gets rolled out. Uh, how how does that entire process like? W- what's the ideal for how that entire process should work in in like in the modern world? <laughs> there is no silver wallet. I mean, uh, <laughs> I cannot tell you what is the process because there is not really a process. Okay, at the end, what is is a requirement. So you have to understand the requirements to your company, and then from these requirements, you have to um, create the process mm. depending of that. So I I cannot tell you. Oh, first you have to this, this, this. No, maybe maybe you need uh, three stages of test. Maybe you want to have a, a stress test, or maybe you don't have because mm, the business level is like, oh, uh, we need to release it right now, so don't invest time in the site. So I, I cannot tell you what what's the the the, the unique no process. The, the guys of GitLab that we talk about them, I mm-hmm. think these guys they know very well the the the, the process they define in in a, in an image that it was from the idea to the feedback no when you already finish a product and you want to improve that project no so uh, I I cannot really define that I I can tell you what we have what they have previously I have seen several patterns you can research about big companies and we can talk one day about big companies how they have the design but at at the end I think it, what is important is to know this kind of tools or stages so. You know, you, you can use Docker, you can use, as we're going to talk another day, serverless, you can use uh, directly one machine, you can use a Ruby mach- well, a Ruby and Rails, you can use Python with the Django, you can use PHP, uh, mm. you can use whatever you, you are you are more comfortable, no? and you are faster to deploy something. Right now, as I said before, uh, we we tend to go to what is a commodity. I mean, if right mm. now I have something that is gonna be done for me, I or I, well, at least for me, okay, my opinion. But I think that you should try to use it, even if uh, you have to pay a price. They are gonna care about everything, and you don't have to reinvent the well. So I think that this is a concept that is very important. And Docker, in this case, he gives you a lot of kind of 
customization. So with Docker, you can make everything as you want, completely unique. And Docker is going to let you a lot. Well, it's going to give you a lot of opportunities when you are doing this uh, continuous integration now, when you want to use tests, when you want. But um, may, maybe, maybe depending on the company, you don't really need nothing like that. So yeah, let, let's say let's say that these are tools. You have to choose the right tools for the right work, and yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, no recommend no recommendations at all there for how the deployment process should work. Not really, not really. I mean, we can talk about what we have in our company, but um, I don't really have any recommendation. The recommendation is, of course, like, okay, just test everything in your local machine. Uh, but as you said, as you said, the same one, test everything, making uh, a staging environment, you have a production environment, but not really, not really. And Docker, it, it, it can help you. It can help you. For example, I remember in my previous company, I had um, the Jenkins. We use continuous integration mm -hmm. with Jenkins. And I had with Docker. So I had three Docker instance up. So they were running at the same time. Well, the, the truth is that they were a master instance. And this master instance was calling to another where they were the slaves. And these slaves, they were containers. So you run something mm. in the container. So it's isolated. And you have the result. And you continue the, the process. But, uh, for example, uh, in another company, I remember we, we created artifacts. And these artifacts, they had a tag. And this artifact is because the company was, uh, had more, had more, um, how can I say, more projects. And in one single project was the composition of several projects. So if you create an artifact, it means that it's the, you, uh, you get together several of them to create another project. But for example, right now we are using only each project is independently to the others. We deploy each one differently. We don't create one kind of version that you release. For example, if you have a client and you have enterprise, or let's say, for example, you know uh, RubyMine, right? RubyMine right. is an ID for develop. So these guys, they are not releasing every day. They are mm. testing all the time. Okay, so that's the difference between uh, continuous integration and continuous delivery. But uh, right now we are using continuous uh, integration. That means that we are testing and we have one version that we know that is it's working. But continuous delivery means that every time you are deploying all the versions, they are deployed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right now we can say, okay, this version we don't want to deploy. And that's why we have a last step that is a manual step. I have to go there and I have to click, okay, please deploy. With continuous delivery, it means that if the process, they inject something, there is a kind of backdoor, whatever, and they want to do something, they are going to do. It's the same. You can be affected both in both things. But at the end, as I said, this is just uh, a tool you have to choose wisely. Depends your requirements. That's the most important, the business requirements. And yeah, that's it. Docker is going to help you. Docker is going to mm. help you to make it more automatic. Docker is going to help you, for example, if you want to use... Uh, tools like CircleCI, I think that they are preparing something or they have something with Docker. So you can just um, send the container and send the instructions and they're going to test that. So I, I think it's something for go a, a commodity way. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I do want to return to like uh, different different architectures for deployment and continuous integration and continuous deli delivery mm -hmm. in another episode. But yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> it's sort of it's all it, I think it's closely related to Docker because Docker uh Docker helps a lot. It makes it a lot easier. Anyway, uh so I think that we've talked a lot about Docker. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh 
say about Docker? Yeah, yeah. The, the, well, the, there is something right now you said about the, uh, the deployment, everything. We are talking about Docker and maybe we are relating to the deployment, but there is uh, one company, it's called HashiCorp, that they, mm-hmm. well, they prepared everything, like a bit like GitLab probably. I, I don't really know. I don't know the details, but I can tell you that HashiCorp, if you want to really know about DevOps, you need to know their products. Okay, mm-hmm. what they have, they, they, they release all of them in uh, open source version, and then they have the premium version, oh, they even host that for you, all, all of the stuff. But they have mm. different tools that each one has a purpose, and well, that, that's, that's completely amazing. What they prepare is, is completely amazing, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually just on their, uh, on their website right now, and one, one of their, their top-level pages is called DevOps Defined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think that's probably something we should talk about in a future show. Yeah, if you if you are on the page, you can see the different stages: no monitor, deploy, deploy secure, secure, provision, provision package, package, test, test build. build. Uh, th- that that's not in order. Find delivered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I I think that um, you can use Docker with that guys, but they they are gonna give you all the environment for you. It's amazing. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for. Uh, I think I think we're done with Docker. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Talk to you next week, Sergio. Oh, that that's it. That's it. I <laughs> thought we were going to talk uh, something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think uh, I I want to let us record serverless next week. Okay. I need to, I need to like do more research about serverless before we can record an episode about serverless. <laughs> no, but I was talking about Docker, for example, about Rocket. Uh, how, for example, I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't know. okay. I think, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's that's all. But I was thinking about, oh, oh, for example, the, the evolution of Docker, how it has been in the last years, no? Because at the end, as a lot of uh, kind of uh, products, they start very. Um, like they were, they were gonna eat the market, no? And mm-hmm. they start with one version. Everybody was more innovate. We start because I also start using Docker in a very early moment. And after mm-hmm. the time, they really changed a lot of things, no? A lot of breaking change. I remember that in some versions, 0.4, 0.5, this one not even working, but even working. I remember that <laughs> I was deploying. I I had a very old version because, well. It just it was the networking. Sometimes the packets they were dropped. Maybe maybe the problem was similar to what you had in the block. But mm. well, that that was terrible, no? And right now I have used again. And well, in Mac the experience was not so good because they had some problems. But you have tools, so it means that the mm. community is huge. For example, I have see here some numbers. We are seeing that uh, the project of Docker, okay, is has like four. 40,000 of stars and the wow. project of Rocket of that is the Coreos is another kind of containers that they say it's more compostable, secure, built on a standard, okay, it has like 6,000, okay, so mm. the numbers is like 5 times, no, more than 5 times so 6, 7, so um, I think that is very very interesting, no? How uh, early company they start with something. It's like everybody is is like, wow, wow, wow! This is gonna be huge, no? But in all the way that they are 
improving the product well we they had so many people like me that we got deceived no by the like oh man this is not working and i had to mm. spend so many hours and as i said i want a commodity i want something that is going to improve me a lot for example i want a repo where i have all my projects i, I can uh, build them i can change them i can use another project that someone did for example Previously, all the time, when you wanted to uh, a MySQL instance, well, you had to go, you had to download the package, you had to install, you have to configure. Right now is Docker pull MySQL, and you select the version, and that's all. That's that's what is interesting. But in the moment that you have this feature, but later it doesn't work. Imagine that you are a huge company that so many clients. You you cannot rely in this kind of technology you know so i think that well it, it happened no to several companies that they are still running uh i think that serverless is another example but uh in fluxdb for example another one that they mm. had the same problems but right now you look at the product and it's like wow that's that's amazing that's amazing but yeah they are yeah. all the time doing improvements and but I, I i love no this kind of evolution i think that it's important to start with the project to see what happened to understand the history but maybe you have to wait a bit longer, no? Or you have to define very well what what is the purpose of this project. It's the same that they said before, like, oh, this is just a tool. Do you know the tool? Oh, you know? Okay, do this in this environment. If you want to do something else, be careful. Maybe there is another tool that is better, no? For example, we haven't talked so much about what is the the other deployment tools, no? But background, Ansible, Chap. Right, the, right. The, the, these tools, at the end, I think that they are... Um, they are they are very useful. They they are amazing, and and I understand that they are better in some case than Docker. That's that's completely fair, no. But you need to know them, and maybe if you start with Docker, it says okay, that's that's better. But yeah, it's it's the same as sec- that I told before about security. You have to be very careful where you use, how you use. Uh, Docker is not gonna provide more security. Well, the, the truth is that the defaults, they are pretty good, okay? So you are not going to be exposed mm. with the defaults, but um, you can have bugs, you can have problems. It's going to be your app, it's your code, it's your, it depends, it's just a tool. So do you know how to use? Mm. We saw we saw in, this, in the first episode how the tools, they were the same that we use right now, but these guys of GitLab, they had the kind of problems because, well, they, do, do, they didn't double check, something like that. So yeah, let's let's say that I don't want to criminalize Docker because <laughs> he's a early uh, technology. I th- I think it's a very very interesting. C- crit- uh, te- criticize, I think, is the word you might be going for. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so Docker definitely has advanced a lot in the past few years. So you would definitely say that Docker is ready for production environments today. Oh, what what a question! I I think so, but. I think that if you are sure that that's that's the um that's the context that you have you you have the limitations no so if you are sure use it if you know that it's gonna be faster because you have this kind of cache or you want just for for example to uh development or I I I think it's ready for production okay my 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 point of view is that it's ready but when it's ready it, what it means it's like okay but. Mm. For, Let's say like this. Uh, maybe production is one machine, or maybe this is one thousand machines. 
So it's different, no? It's production. What means production? Right. But what is the production? Maybe maybe you want to say enterprise level. That is what we have mm-hmm. been talking about. Is it ready for enterprise? Well, I think that it can be. But if I am in a huge company, I'm not gonna try to change everything to Docker tomorrow. I'm gonna try to change one project or the new project that I'm gonna develop. I'm gonna use Docker. I'm gonna see if the employees they 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 really like it for example uh i think it's very useful docker when you start in a company and you just have to execute one command and everything is up and well i, th- I think that's that's amazing that in the first day that you join the company that's done everything but the problem is that mm. as, as we were saying before docker is not only uh the only tool that you have to run and that's it no you have to install docker you have to assign permissions. You need the privilege. You need, for example, to mount the volumes. You need to create, if you want, with external mm. networking. You have to do so many things. You know? That's why other tools, maybe, they are more appropriate for, for example, to install an uh, operative system. No, Maybe it's not Docker, what you want. But Docker, and we know, is part of the future. Mm. And the next time, we're going to talk about serverless, but uh, the... Each one is going to have his own market. We cannot say, oh, this is better, this is worse. No, it's like, okay, what's your goal? What's your target? This, okay, maybe Docker is a solution. Oh, that one, maybe with serverless is enough. That's the thing. As I said before, Docker can be very highly customized. Yeah, and of course, it depends on the company. I mean, if you're running a bank, maybe Docker's not production ready. But if you're running a startup, maybe Docker is. I think it it does really depend on your requirements and what you're building. Yeah, yeah, if you have everything in COBOL, maybe <laughs> you cannot <laughs> even support the last kernel. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that, that's it, that's it. Just use your head, no? Think about twice. <laughs> so what what about uh, Docker competitors like Rocket? Tools that do very, very, or, or LXC, or tools that do very, very similar things, but in slightly different ways. Yeah, well, I, I don't know so much, but I can tell you, as before, that Hash, HashiCorp, that's I, I have listened that some big companies they, they were using. It's amazing. I think that other tools, for example, they can even deploy what is Docker. So we can use other tools for finish using Docker. No, at the end it doesn't they they can be complementary. Mm. They you don't have to avoid one to other. For example, uh, from these guys, HashiCorp, I was using console just for uh starting and and uh shut down machines. So I was using one, only one part, no? So at the end, I think that the interesting is to try to understand them. We were using, in this company, in the previous, we were using uh, Chef. So I know how to use the cookbooks. But mm. um, you have to decide, no? If you really want to maintain the Ruby code or you prepare. So it's just a decision. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the same as I said with serverless uh, Docker. It's the same that I can say with these tools. Each one is going to have their market. Each one has a purpose. And maybe mm. sometimes is is uh, and, and that's a problem. If you decide to use one tool for everything and not everything fits, or you use a tool that is the wrong thing because another employee or the chef leader or the CTO, he wants to use this tool, no? So, and, and it, it depends. For example, chef, he used uh, Ruby. And maybe you are mm. very skilled with Ruby, so well that that's that's cool. Or you want to use something like Docker because you it's like Bash, you know. So you have this easier for you. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it depends. You it's it's nice to know the tools and to say okay, I can use that. For example, Mesosphere is amazing for deploy Docker. 
it's amazing it's a tool that is amazing but maybe you want to use because you have everything with aws you want to use ecs that is a service that they have like the swarm is using swarm the truth is that is using swarm so it, it depends, no? It, like you, you must decide what mm. you need. Or oh, for example, another tool that I have, well, I researched in the past. That is the Pachyderm. That they are using uh, Docker for um, analytics and doing this kind of big data, no? So mm, uh, Pachyderm. Yes, Pachyderm. <laughs> so at the end, they are just tools that you need to know for decide when you have a new project, no? And say, okay, this one fits. You mentioned uh, Mesosphere. Uh, what what is Mesosphere. Well, I, I I really use. I can say that I have experience with that, but the experience was so so well. It was one machine, two machines. This Mesosphere is the same that Swarm. You you just have to say, okay, I have this task. I have um, this um, container. The, well, sorry, this image, and then well, you you just run that in the number of machines that you want. You can do one task. You can you run one task forever you can say okay i want in these regions right now with amazon okay you can you can do a lot of things like that you can combine several services for doing that you can use a fl- uh, for example a spot the fleet spot that it can deploy in several regions you, you can do the same similar in aws but mesosphere is a tool that has been already up for quite time and these guys, well, uh, if, if you really want to do uh, what could be like MapReduce, big data, to de- to deploy with that is is amazing. But I, I don't have more more than the experience that in that moment because uh, when you start with using these tools, you really know that you are gonna be huge because for running all this stuff, you need um, you need a lot of uh, how how it is called workers to be sure that it's up. No, so at least if you don't have five machines. Don't start doing that. Mm. It's like a waste of time. You need three machines to be sure that this is not down. And so this is, I think that maybe it depends, depends your problem, but depends your requirements, but maybe this is too complex, but it's just another tool for deployment. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, building uh, scalable services is something where there's still a lot of different tools with a lot. Uh, there's, I mean, hmm. In terms of things that do things like Docker Swarm, it seems like there are a lot of different options, and there's no one clear tool that everybody should. I mean, there's this Apache Mesos, mm-hmm. there's Docker Swarm. Yeah, it, it's it seems like a part of the market that still things are still shaking out. Exactly, it's the same that happens with the hosting platforms. No, at the end with Mesosphere, you can create a kind of Heroku if you want. No, um, I I think that is is not defined, but is defined well. What happened? And talking about business, what happened is that uh, new technologies arise. They appear, and then some uh, some guys they saw that they were gonna be huge things, and they start investing, and they are the first guys that they create all this environment. Before I remember, I, I forgot the names, but I researched all the UIs for Docker. I researched mm. all the kind of Mesosphere platforms. And in that moment, with the version 0.1, 0.2 of Docker, well, there were like uh, three, four guys, but these guys, they wanted to be there for in the moment that it was stable, just to have the name. So that's that's the goal, no? So right now, everything is very like, oh, you don't know, you don't know, but right now, AWS is the king 
in talking about deployments and hosting and mm. features, no, and services. Uh, okay, maybe Google Cloud is there. Uh, we have other platforms, for example, even Heroku is being used Amazon. So we depend right now a lot. Amazon goes down and. Well, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> the entire internet goes down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, well, but uh, it's normal, and I think that is the kind of topic that we talk about the commodities. Is is right now you you cannot start from zero. Uh, the other day I was checking some projects that they were just um, linking different applications and in with Google with the Google Translation, Google mm-hmm. Emotions, VR. All this stuff. So, uh, in in some hours, you had some kind of app, some kind of project done. So, well, that, that's amazing. And and Docker is gonna make it easier. You're gonna be able to just deploy something that before it took months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are in the we are in the right direction. Okay, but we have to <laughs> suffer. We have to suffer quite a bit <laughs> to arrive there. Yeah, yeah. Setting up Docker will get easier. Yeah. Sure. 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 Cool. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, sure. <laughs> now it's done. <laughs> now it's done. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you next week. And I think we're going to be uh, talking about serverless next. So like and subscribe. Thank you. Bye-bye.